Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Sonship and Sexuality Podcast. Super excited to have you guys listening to another episode. Today, I'm honored to have a friend, um, not only of me, but also of ORU, Empower 21. That is Ely Bonilla Jr. We're excited to have him. Um, he is a husband, a father, a strong man of God. And I'm not even going to run through all the things that he does because that would be the whole episode. We just talk about everything that he does, all that he will be doing. So Ely, you can touch on that if you want to, but man, we're so stoked to have you on here. We know that you uh, spoke here in chapel here recently. And um, for those of you that don't know, Ely is a powerful anointed speaker. Um, I've been able to stream a couple of his messages, hear him live, um, and we were actually in school around the same time here at ORU. So yeah. man, I'm just so blessed to, to know you and, and know that your voice is touching the next generation, whether it be on the stage, one-on-one over a, a coffee, talking about um, some really cool kicks and, and evangelizing <laughs> through the sneaker ministry uh, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or on your social media, which is really fun. You guys got to give him a follow. He's a, he's yeah. a really fun guy to keep up with. But man, stoked that you're here. Man, <laughs> what a great introduction. I think, uh, <laughs> wow, a, a lofty introduction too. Lots of great uh, shout outs in there. Uh, I I really, when I wore the Jordan 12s on stage, I didn't realize that I was making such a statement. Man, I even in campus, I walked afterwards and uh, I don't know if people listened to my message or were just fixated on, uh, they're the reverse flu game, Jordan 12s and <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, they, a lot of compliments on the shoes. So I appreciate that. Uh, and shout out to my wife for giving me permission to, uh, to buy them. I bought them stock, mm. but I don't mind getting on preachers and sneakers. I'll take that as a compliment. I'm just right. not cool enough yet to get right. there. Yes. Eventually, eventually. Now I, I just, no, <laughs> don't got the money flowing like that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, grateful to be here, uh, Augustine. And, and like you said, we had a chance to be uh, at ORU around the same time. That dates us a little bit. We don't want to talk about what year that <laughs> was. It was a little <laughs> bit ago uh, during the wild, wild west of, of uh, EMR. And those are some great, uh, great stories that I'm sure we both have. But yeah, grateful to be on. Yes, sir. Man, I'm, I'm, I'd love it if you kind of talked with the audience a little bit, kind of about what you do, like talk a little bit about what you do and like why you do it. Why are you so passionate about giving so much of your time, your life, your energy, um, your passion to investing into the next generation? Like what, what draws you into that? What, what keeps you going? Yeah. Um, I, I serve currently, uh, I serve one hope ministries, uh, full-time in a full-time capacity, uh, through that as one of the global, uh, relationship managers for them, uh, attached to empower 21 North America. So those kind of go hand in hand, uh, for the next gen branch. And, uh, I also serve Reverend Samuel Rodriguez as his millennial director for the Latino community here, uh, in the NHCLC. And so, uh, all, all three of those hats deal with the next generation and, and really, uh, contextualizing the gospel for today, mm. reaching a generation that is experiencing uh, reformation, revolution in real time, uh, unprecedented uh, by all accounts. And so uh, doing, doing my best to uh, be a listener, doing my best to uh, 
just remain humble in, in, in my positions uh, because things move so quickly and, and you can't know everything. And, yeah. and so just doing the best that I can to serve the way that I've heard, the way that I've observed, and honestly uh, opening up space for the next gen to uh, serve. And, and the reason I'm so passionate about that is because when I was 16, I remember my youth pastor empowering me Mm-hmm. uh, to, to be a leader. And, uh, I didn't have it all together. I don't, can't imagine how many people at 16 do. Uh, mm-hmm. so if you didn't have it together at 16, I, I was the same as you. And he gave me a, a sheet of paper with, um, just a Bible lesson on it, a 15 minute Bible lesson. It was after an altar call, you know, and I'm, I'm Pentecostal and, you know, spirit, I'm charismatic, uh, as, as it gets. And I had one of those moments, man, ugly cry at the altar for three hours gave my my heart to Jesus uh, fully. And right after that, my youth pastor walks up and he says, hey, if you're about that life, here's here's a sheet of paper that helps you to express that to your friends at wow. school. Wow. And so uh, that began my journey of sharing the gospel, the age of 16 to my friends, uh, with a youth pastor that through thick and thin for two and a half years stuck mm-hmm. by me through my failures and through uh, my successes uh, in terms of uh, things get taking traction in people's lives being touched. And so that's why I'm like, man, um, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for an older leader believing, creating space, empowering, guiding me into this, uh, as well as parents that have been in ministry their whole lives. I'm, I'm a PK, I'm a pastor's kid. And if you want to get really into it, I'm fourth generation minister on my dad's side and third generation minister on my mom's side. So wow. a lot of ministry, uh, but stats uh, will say about 98% of people that are ministers, kids, they just don't make it. Mm. And so I don't know how the statistics break down from fourth generation to third to me, mm. but I can also say that I come from a heritage of parents that weren't just ministers they were parents wow yeah and so uh i had i had those two things in play and so my burden for next gen comes from my youth pastor but it also comes from the parenting aspect and now i'm the father of two amazing children and so i carry that in so in a nutshell that's kind of my heart for next gen that's why i do it wow i love that thanks for sharing a bit of your story i think it's very obvious that you are about that life you're about (laughs) that life through and through as as husband as father and I was also like a minister to the gospel. I love how you talked about contextualizing and, and bringing the gospel, bringing the Bible and contextualizing it to the young adults and youth today, which is a great segue to kind of in our topic. Um, wanted to ask you, what do you see as you're engaging with the next generation when it comes to sexuality mm-hmm. and Christianity? Like what are some of the most predominant conversations that you have around those two topics? Wow. Yeah. I I would say that right now, as it stands, um, there are a couple of very polarizing conversations happening in the church. And I think that sexuality uh, has been an ever fragmenting conversation, Mm. a lot of different stances in a lot of different ways, a lot of definitions when we're talking about sex, Mm. gender, identity. I, I think really at the core of the conversation at large, is confusion. Mm. I think across the board, I I would uh, first say that uh, what I'm hearing is varying definitions uh, when we talk about sexuality Mm. from one generation to the next, one tradition to the next. And so 
uh, I can say that there will be no progress unless we get our definitions straight, mm. right? What do we mean by sexuality? What do we mean by gender? What do we mean uh, by identity? Because, uh, you know, I think that there has been a melding of even those three terms into one major term and anything can mean anything. And uh, I, I guess that goes into a little bit of uh, speak your truth, you know, what's my truth, what's their truth. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if we're not working from the same set of definitions, which is what I'm seeing is probably the biggest problem, then uh, we're not even speaking the same language contextually. And yep. so yep. that's when you get misunderstandings. That's when you get people uh, canceling other people and not giving them a chance to defend themselves. Because I think if we were able to understand the framework uh, from a biblical side, you know, the culture has its own framework. And, I, and as you can tell, and, and maybe you've noticed, the culture has not decided either. Secular culture has not either. They haven't decided uh, either on this topic. It continues to evolve. And so when we talk about the biblical framework, um, that's the conversations I see happening where yeah. students are like, they don't know where the Bible begins and ends with this conversation and whether or not it can hold all of the vocabulary and terminologies and definitions that secular society continues to throw at them yeah. and continues to fragment. And so uh, that's that I think it's the confusion on definitions and uh, and maybe that could be a, a place to um, to start. Yeah, uh, at absolutely. Least. I think, you know, when I think about confusion and vocabulary, I think about like the Tower of Babel. Right. And this yes. idea of like how they were scattered because they couldn't communicate. They could, there was, there was division and then they were scattered and they went into their clans, their, their tribes, they, they spread throughout the earth. Right. I think we see something very similar today in the conversation of sexuality for Christians, yeah. even because even if, mm -hmm. I mean, let's just say just Christians, Christians have a hard time talking to other Christians about areas of sexuality right. um, because there's different vocabularies, different definitions. And right. well, what does your tradition say about this? Well, what does your tradition say about this? Well, mm -hmm. my mentor said this, but my pastor said that my life coach said this, there's all yeah. of these voices. And we're like, how do you, so I, that you kind of already went in that past. So I'd love to ask when you hear all that, how does one kind of go to the truth in a world of my truth, your truth, it's fine for you. Well, this is for me. This is what I feel. This is what you feel. How do we, how do we find some type of like center in the middle of all that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And that's at the core of, you know, postmodern society and, and really post-truth. Uh, a lot of people are lab labeling mm -hmm. this time as kind of a post-truth uh, society where uh, people are not willing to say there's an ultimate truth or, right. uh, you know, uh, an eternal one. Uh, and so when, when I think about these, these things, man, I, I do believe that at the core of the flakiness of truth in church is a lack of biblical literacy. That's wow. the core yeah. of it yeah. there, there, you know, and, and, and I will say this though, we're not living in a hyper atheistic society with Gen Z. And I want to make that clear. And that's what I've seen. And this is such a random thing, but I've been kind of a TikToker for <laughs> a year, two years almost. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I'm baffled by the following I have on TikTok, just preaching um, scripture 
to be honest, if you go, it's so boring. And then yeah. you see my follower count yeah. and you're like, why is it so big? I think it's and, really entertaining personally. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I have some interesting comments in my comment section too. So it's not all, you know, cloud is not um, <laughs> all that it's uh, talked up to be. It, yeah, yeah. It's very complicated, but <laughs> I, I will say that this is such a spiritual generation, man. Uh, there is a war for spirituality and in spirituality there, there is also a lack of terminology as well. So I, I guess we're kind of peeling back layers, right? So we're, we're lacking in definitions for gender, sexuality, and identity. Uh, then you have another layer of like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not able to articulate it, or I'm not able to find an institution that articulates it well. And so I'm going to dive into the things that are on like, the groanings, we would say, right, it, it, through scriptures is the spiritual groanings and utterances. And I think that even the the person that is lost, right, th there's a God component in them that is groaning and longing for, for the spirit of God. And we see that manifested in all types of yep. spiritual, neo-spiritual movements um, mm -hmm. uh, in the Latino side. I mean, we're jumping back into witchcraft. We're jumping back into mm -hmm. uh, the spirits of nature. Likewise, I know the African-American community has a lot of that with uh, African spirituality yeah. and so on and so forth. Uh, I say all that to, to, to say this. The reason biblical literacy is so important is because uh, Jesus said it so, so well that, uh, that, that this wave of worshipers that will worship well, which is what we're designed for to give glory to God, will be a movement of spirit and truth. Mm joint spirit and truth. And so oh. if we are led by the spirit only, and, and I, I want to use spirit loosely, uh, if, if I may not, I'm not talking about the Holy spirit, mm -hmm. but oftentimes a lot of these movements, they hold to intangibles and they say, like you said, how I feel, yep. but you know, what attracts me and they don't have language for it. They're just kind of going with, with what's bubbling up. Um, I think that that's a dangerous place when truth is not present and we know the truth to be the, the word scripture and so spirit and truth together. And so I think at the core of the confusion, it's not that people are not spiritual or they don't feel like they're longing to find their identity or find truth. Uh, I do believe that those that are equipped with the word right now, maybe don't have the greatest grasp on the word. Yeah. And are not training the next generation yeah. uh, to really anchor themselves and learn and digest and memorize and apply mm -hmm. the word for what it is and not for what yeah. it feels like. Absolutely. I think that's so good. I love the, the idea that this really needs to come back to scripture. And like you said, the illiteracy is high and yet the availability has never been greater. So right. this is a great dichotomy. You can get the Bible anywhere, yeah. everywhere. The amount of translations you can find, yeah. even the most funny casual, you can find it in pirate, right? Like you can have pirate, yeah. like, <laughs> like, there's so, like, why, why would you, someone created that someone <laughs> took the time to create that. I'd love to meet that person. I'd love to know <laughs> for their life. Um, True. But I guess, so, you know, you're, you're really passionate about the word and even you have a whole TikTok um, focused on sharing the word and contextualizing it. So what would you say to a young person that's listening right now that says, okay, yeah, I agree. The word is important, but how do I do it? Like, how do I engage with it? It may seem boring. It may seem hard to get into. Where do I start? How do, how do I become a person that begins to really saturate in the word of God? Like you're talking about. 
Yeah, I, I would say um, the, fir the first thing that I would say is uh, the scripture in community is mm. the the biggest misstep of someone trying to just jump into the Bible. Yeah, say that. You know, because it is daunting one to open their Bible and try to figure something out. And even if you get a reading plan or if you get someone suggesting something to you, uh, we weren't designed to be outside of mentorship, covering, uh, and being led uh, mm -hmm. in accountability. Like that's also a part of reading the word is, is accountability of yeah. to those that are, you know, in the journey further than us. And, uh, and so my first thing to someone that's like, well, yeah, I get it. And I love the word. And I want to, my, my first thing to you is, you know, do you have a solid spiritual community around mm -hmm. you? Not just of your peers. Great. Hash it out with your peers, do a small group, but, uh, ignorance begets ignorance. And if you're an echo chamber of, and that's what we usually do, right? Our small groups are made up of people like us, as diverse as we want to say we are. And well, everyone's kind of different. This guy likes skateboarding. This guy likes basketball. Look, <laughs> listen, I get it. I, I, I understand. But uh, I do think that the Bible is an intergenerational book to mm -hmm. be read mm -hmm. in that, that type of community context. Yes. And so yes. uh, I would look for a community of people that have been living the Bible mm. for decades, Yep. They exist. Yep. Um, finding uh, uh, that first and foremost. Mm -hmm. uh, and then secondly, um, I would, uh, you know, and, and this is kind of my, always my suggestion to people and this is not gospel, but I, I do think it's a good place to start. Uh, I would start with Jesus. I'd start in the gospels. If, if mm. you're really getting hard pressed to, to start, you know, uh, many people say like starting the book of John, Mm -hmm. uh, run into it. it it handles the divinity of christ and, and just all the tensions and super action-packed with the supernatural what does the kingdom mean on earth like all of these these teachings uh i, I would start there but uh, yeah i would caution um towards like hey make it a priority to find community to study scripture in uh uh and for those that are listening to this and that are in oru and maybe you don't have a church. Uh, I would suggest, please find a church. Chapel is not your church. Amen. Uh, like finding a body to serve. And I think that would be huge, but also take advantage of your chaplains that are there. Mm -hmm. Take advantage of, of people that have devoted themselves to the word. And, you know, you have a great, great structure of uh, people that have lived the Bible through integrity. Uh, yes. so that, that's the first place I would start. That's so good. Um, and then from there, I think even those people can, can point you on, on the best yeah. path, but absolutely. I think, that's yeah, I, I don't know. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. And I yeah. think like what you said, the, the word is, is like anything in the, the walk of Christ. It, it takes some discipline, but I think when people get intimidated by that, the, the best, um, encouragement in the discipline is other people, the community, like you were talking about. And so I think I would say too, like, you don't have to isolate yourself and like, I just have to do this. I have to figure it out. I have to willpower through it. And like, right. that's nothing about the walk of Christ. That's why the church exists. That's why right. community exists and pastors and leaders. And that's why we're created as a team that is yeah. following Jesus together. And so, yeah, like you said, I think, I think the word of God also comes alive more when you have all these people that are engaging right you in it. And so like, even me and my brothers, 
we're on a, an app called Marco Polo. And we, every day we're dialoguing about the word. We read a chapter a day. That's all we do. And then we're dialoguing about, so we just finished uh, reading Hebrews seven. And so all we do is come on, Hey, 60 seconds, two minutes. Hey, here's what I got out of today's word. And wow, bro, that was so good. What you said, I didn't even catch Mm -hmm. that in the word, but that, that really spoke to me. And so all of a sudden we're dialoguing about the, the words we're reading it. We're engaging with it. And then we have a new perspective. We have new depth from that. Right. I think it's as easy as that in our world. It just takes yeah. a little bit of effort to, to build those things. And, and I think that the word is uh, reading the word and diving into the word is a selfless act. Mm. It, you know, it, it's not. And, and this is why reading in isolation for yourself, the temptation will be to read it as uh, just like a word search, like a Google, like, yeah. let me just find an answer to this. Let me just find an answer to that. And the word is so much more than that. The word is for the transforming of your life Yes. in to a conduit of the spirit and the kingdom for others. Whew. That's, you know, that, so that's, that's why community is important. So it's, it, it is this beautiful vicious cycle where I'm always, I'm receiving from others as I dive into the word, but the word is also transforming me, right? It it is for the equipping of the saints. It's for, it's for us to be sharpened. It's for us to, to gain the character of Christ, not for ourselves, but for others uh, in in giving. And so I I want to also say that, that one of the most selfless acts you can do is to read the word and be in community, because that's how it manifests itself in reality is being around other people. And so I think that's a great point as well as you begin your journey yes that'll preach that'll preach <laughs> that's where it's at we'll preach. the pentecostal <laughs> fire burning now it's coming. Um, i was trying not to yell <laughs> no it's good hey you bring it you bring it what what about um you know we, we touched on social media a little bit and you're obviously engaged with social media yeah um what what do you say to young people because obviously social media is the world of young people right now it is right. regardless of the app that they prefer social media is a great outlet. It's creative. It's fun. And I just read, read a, a study about TikTok, how it said 68% of young people that use TikTok when they rated, why do you want to be on TikTok? What's the number one thing you look for on TikTok? And they just said fun. They're looking yeah. for fun. They're looking for a laugh, a good time, funny things, dance video. They're looking for fun. They're looking right. just a, a place to escape, get away. Right. But on the other side, there's also the dark side of social media too that pulls you into all sorts of different things. Um, right. Use it for suggestive content or debates or um, our gener- or, or I guess our old generation Facebook about all the political debates, all the the divisiveness, mm-hmm. all and that happens on Twitter and Instagram, TikTok, all of it. So what do you say to a young person on how to guard their heart, but also how to enjoy it? Like I I, I think sometimes yeah. the conversation of like you have to protect yourself or you don't talk about protecting yourself at all, but it's all fun and games, but it's not. What's the middle ground? How do you guard, but how do you also enjoy? Yeah, I love that. And, uh, and it's true, you know, uh, when young people get online, they want to get online burdened, right? Like by, by online, but I will say this, and, and, and I'm sure that uh, all the young people listening to me know this. I mean, there wasn't a more burdensome time online than through 2020, you know, like I, I think even my mental health took such a huge hit during that time because, you know, uh, I, they, I think that there is, um, there is a limit. There is a limit to how much social media can replace your social life mm. and your existence. 
Yeah. And uh, this is, I mean, I'm going to be 30 next month. So this is not an old guy ranting. Okay. Uh, but um, truth be told, like, if you're, if you're looking for fun, you need to ask yourself, why am I looking for fun online? Mm. And I think that the next question is, am I having fun in real life? Wow. And if the answer is no, why? Like, why is my life boring? Why is my life not an adventure? And if you're a Christian, you should ask yourself, if I look at the biblical narrative of all of these people that trusted God and I see their lives laid out very candidly, I mean, the biggest flaws and the biggest triumphs. And I say, wow, they, it was such a dynamic life. And those are the people God chose to put in front of us when he says to believe the scriptures, you know, then the, the next following question after that, and I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm packing questions to get to kind of the core because, because maybe we're looking for adventure in a digital space because we have not engaged with the adventure that the Lord wants to lead us on in our real life. Wow. That's good. You know, and, and I do believe the digital space is powerful for awareness, for information, for connectivity, for getting the message out, you know, for taking it. Like I understand all of those benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, you know, as, as you're telling me, and as I've seen, um, yeah, if, if the reason that I'm going is for escapism, what am I escaping from? Yeah. Yep. And, and I, and I would love to just unpack that if, you know, if you're listening to this, this podcast and you just can't wait to just jump on your phone or you use your phone kind of as a shield from just the bluntness of life. Um, I, I, I want to invite you to really do some introspection of how you're living your life and, and why you're where you are and how can Christ come into the scene and redeem and then the Holy Spirit come on the scene and fill you with power to live out something of an adventure every day. Like that, that's where I want to get to. Social media is fun. I love me some memes. I love, especially TikTok. I can cry laughing for <laughs> hours. Like there is not a shortage of entertainment. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I just, I don't want young people to miss out on the adventure yes. uh, in their real life because they haven't faced why they feel such a gap mm-hmm. in either joy happiness, acceptance, community. I think all those are great questions to be answered face-to-face and not necessarily just in the digital sphere. Yeah. Even though it could start there. I, 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 I have that viewpoint uh, of it at the moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think I would say just to add on to, I think sometimes social media paints pictures of things, adventures, opportunities, people Mm -hmm. speaking, traveling, doing all these things. And it feels intimidating. Because yeah. you may be listening and you're like, that looks awesome, but I could never, like, I, yeah. I, I could never preach like Ely does. I could never travel to that country and go, like, I could never raise enough money to go do that. Or I, and it, it feels intimidating. And so sometimes it's safer, like you said, from mm-hmm. the bluntness of, of life, but also to say, I don't have to put myself out there. I don't have to right. be bold. I don't have to. And just like, you know, we see this <laughs> epidemic of, uh, can a guy ask a girl out? Not mm-hmm. virtually. And a guy walk up to a girl and say, Hey, I'd love to grab coffee, get to know you a little bit better. That sounds right. so intimidating to people. Yeah. It's so much easier to shoot a DM 
or right. get the number right. and shoot a text. Hey, are you interested? Because if they say no, at least I've got the shield of a screen that protects me and I don't have to look in her eyes as she rejects me. And, right. and I told guys here on campus sometimes like, well, have you talked to her? Well, we were, we were texting back and forth. Have you talked to her? Like face to face, have you? And I was like, it doesn't have to be a date. Just go talk to her. Like after, yeah. class, like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Hey, you want to go to the basketball game? Hey, you want like, don't yeah. get this big thing. Can you talk to her? Because I promise right. you, you break down that barrier. It's a lot less scarier after you have that conversation. So I think right. sometimes it's the, the courage needed to just go up and say like, yeah, I can. Let me step out in faith. Even if it's asking a girl, hey, let me step right. out in faith and jump on a mission shirt. Let me step out in faith and do this thing God's put in my heart to do. Even if it's going on a road trip with my friends down to Dallas, like, hey, that, right. that's fun. Let me let me jump out there. I could just stay in my room all weekend and play video games mm-hmm. or jump on social media, or I could jump on this road trip, or I right. could go serve in the local church this weekend, or yep. I can engage. So I think sometimes you just got to get past that that barrier of courage, and then you see the world has so many colors, so much life, so much to enjoy. Um, with social media, I guess. Yeah. And your social media should only be a supplement to your social life. Yes, absolutely. Like it should supplement it. Don't, I, I'm not the guy that's like, oh, you got to delete everything, whatever. I think, I think that perhaps there just needs to be a reversal of order. Yeah. And that's why once like you're exactly like you're saying, one of the issues that we're seeing in development in the next generation, and this is uh, in the psychological and sociological fields is we already had experienced extended adolescence, but now it has been amplified mm. because instead of the social interactions that we need to get acceptance, affirmations from our peers or, you know, uh, awkward moments, navigating communication in real time, yep. you know, I, I, I think that there, there has been the shielding of the digital space and, and truth be told, um, and I'm married, you're married, you like, there is no digital shielding from a commitment, a, a yep. relational commitment face to face, nor should there ever be. And, and, and perhaps maybe by accident or, or by consequence, we have developed obstacles mm. uh, to even, as you're saying, relationships, yeah. uh, romantic relationships, yeah. friendships, partnerships with our friends, with our family members, like our yeah. parents, like, yeah. So, so I, I, I really do believe that, um, you know, it, it is scary, but it is a muscle that you can't develop digitally. You have to develop that social muscle that can only be developed in person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's super important. Come on. That's so good, man. Man, I love this whole conversation. It's so good. I, I, I want to wrap it up a little bit just for time's sake, um, but I'd love to just give you a chance to air a challenge. Um, or an encouragement to the next generation. Maybe it doesn't have to be super broad. It could be very specific. It could be about whatever you feel like the Lord puts on your heart in regards to how, how does a young person live in this sexualized culture and still honor the Lord with their sexuality? What would be your challenge or encouragement to that young person? I would say, remember that your identity is in Christ. Mm. First and foremost, um, you are, and, and I love this, uh, that that in the title sonship uh, and sonship meaning uh, children of God, uh, like sons and daughters of God, a part of the adopted family of the Father, and when when we consider how our sexuality plays a role in who we are as children of God, um, 
it reflects then the character of our father. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and I do think that it is complicated and I, and I will agree it is complicated. There are things right now that we are all wrestling through uh, at every, at every corner of the sexual conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I, what I want to say is as sons and daughters of the father, do not be afraid to wrestle through the complexity of your sexuality yes. with God and the scriptures. Yes. Uh, I will say that wrestling, even if you come to the conclusion that you're wrong, is way more merciful mm. than the limbo that culture and society will keep you in of aimlessness. Yes. Yes. Um, that void is so much more dangerous and emptying and full of bitterness and resentment because if you don't have something to point to and you're aimless, the frustration will grow. And and I think a record number of the anxiety and depression as related to sexuality comes from freedom without direction. And uh, Craig Rochelle actually says it this way. He says, freedom without direction equals frustration. Mm, And so go to the father. And I, and I believe that the father has before you were born as I love Jeremiah. I I love him as a prophet. And, uh, and he went through some tough times, the weeping prophet, but I love the, the grace that, that God gives to him that says, Hey, I already knew you before you were in the womb of your mother. And yeah. here's what I've destined you to be. Mm-hmm. And so through the complications, through the issues, through the exile, through the pushback, remember who you are. Yes. That can only come from the father. Yes. And for all those listening, that can only come from God to you. And so what is my suggestion to you? My suggestion is um, find community uh, in, in a local body, uh, whether it's hard to trust or not, I invite you to make that leap of faith. Um, and I also invite you to not be afraid in your prayer life yeah. to not pull punches when, when you talk to God. I heard it said this way, like, God as a father has a chest big enough for you to rest on, but also a chest big enough for you to beat on as mm-hmm. a child. Wow. And I have my daughter, she's small and she, you know, she's frustrated and I know she's frustrated and she can't hurt me. She's, she's too small. Uh, your questions don't hurt God. Your doubt doesn't hurt God. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that those are, are the first two things. Don't be afraid to go with him with any question and also know that a lot of healing can come from getting around a community of believers that, yeah. that will love you um, in mercy uh, and also will love you in truth, uh, truth yeah. and love. And so, wow. yeah, that's, that's what I would say. So good, Ely. Thank you so much. I, I think that's a great way to kind of wrap it up uh, for today's episode. Um, thanks for sharing your heart and just, um, yeah, being real and, and sharing that. And I hope our listeners taking notes and I hope you guys check out Ely on social media. Seriously. He's so much fun to follow. Um, always great content, uh, whether on TikTok or on the gram, um, always fun and always really good meaty content as well. But Ely, we always like to end, uh, we're starting to end with a fun question, a fun question. Okay. Um, and I always try to do it based on the, uh, personality of the guest. And so we know you're okay. a sneakerhead, So we have to go with a sneaker question. All right. And the sneaker question is, it, how does a young person start the sneaker game? They're like, I want to get into sneakers. I just need an easy entry ramp. What is, what is like one or two pairs of sneakers? That's like, these are the sneakers that you recommend young people get maybe their first pair of like 
good sneakers? Yep. Uh, I would say the Jordan ones okay. start with the Jordan ones. They probably have the widest variety of mm-hmm. colorways and you can't go wrong. The Jordan ones go with everything. I've seen okay. people in suits with them, yep. in shorts with them at weddings with them, you know, just, uh, I mean, you could play basketball in them. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so I would start with the Jordan ones for Very sure. Versatile. If you're starting yeah. a, a sneaker connection collection, uh, then the second one, um, I would go with, oh man, I, I, if you're just, if you're just starting out, uh, jump off the deep end, go with some Yeezys, some boosts, Ooh, come you know, on. cause Yeezys, I think are a little polarizing in yeah. how they look and how they yeah. fit. But if you're going to jump in, I think that that's a good entry point of yeah. like, well, these are like really off the wall type of designs. And yeah. I say the boost, that's probably the more common one, but uh, man, you could go across the board. Kanye is always coming out with some like yeah. futuristic spaceman boots. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'd start there. And, uh, and truthfully, only buy what you like. Mm-hmm. Don't just buy what's expensive or what's hot on the market. Yep. Uh, I think you can't start a collection that way. Buy what you would love to wear. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what goes with what you already have, yep. it will develop your love for sneakers. And if it goes beyond that and you get into resale and, you know, yep. StockX and, and you get into the raffles, for sure you can do that. Come but on. yeah, Jordan ones, Yeezys and start with uh, what you love. What, what, what's uh, attractive to you? Come on. Hey, that's some great advice. That is that is sound. That is biblical theology. I'm going to take <laughs> some of that. My birthday's coming up in March, so you know I got to expand my collection a little bit. So it's it's coming through. But Ely, thanks for jumping on, man. Loved having you on the podcast. It is a great time when you're speaking the word and you're speaking sneakers. That's, that's a yes, good sir. thing. <laughs> Thank you for having me.